KNWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. From the Fricker Studios. On Classic Hits 96.7 WBBI. On ESPN 1430 AM. And at 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics. Frickers. Warner Automotive. By Blanchard Valley Health System. Rotor Rooter. Big B Coffee. By Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire. Grit. By MJ Brown Construction Company. Premier Bank. Campus Poly By Financial Design Insurance Agency. Snyder's Flooring Outlet. Ohio Automotive Supply. Seneca Millwork. Five Star Maintenance. And by the Rumpy Corporation. And now. Let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you once again for another edition of the show. Matt, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. It's It's been a, a fun, regular season of football, and we're in week 10 now. I mean, I'm not sure how to feel about that, but I'm I'm excited. We're getting close to postseason time, getting close to, you know, the winner go home attitude where all the games just get a little bit more intense, a little bit dicier at the finish. It's man, I just I, I'm so excited about that. I'm not excited about the New York Yankees, you know, basically complaining their way into an ALCS, and it puts me in the unfavorable position of having to root for the Astros again because I cannot in good conscience root for that, that team from New York. Just, I can't, I can't bring myself to do it, but Hey, having said all that hats off to the guardians, an incredible season. I don't think anyone anticipated them, not just winning the division, but getting 92 wins, getting to the ALDS and taking the team with one of the largest payrolls in baseball, five games and having to force the situation where the Yankees mysteriously didn't want to play in a little bit of rain and then mysteriously couldn't find any hotel rooms in the entire five boroughs of New York City for the Cleveland Guardians to actually have a place to stay for the night. Oddly convenient, but it's okay. There's no conspiracy theories about Major League Baseball rigging things or anything like that. You don't have to necessarily root for the Astros because I I know I'm sure not rooting for the Astros. I'm not rooting for the Yankees either. I'm just rooting for whoever wins in the NL. My problem is that the NL teams that are still in it have kind of done the Yankees and Dodgers model. It's the Padres have literally just bought every major free agent they can get their hands on or big name trade target for the last few years. The Phillies just kind of threw a truck filled with money at Bryce Harper and some of the other players they have on that roster currently. So it's like, so by default, I kind of feel like the Astros are the only ones who kind of got built a little bit the right way, even though they've cheated in the they past. They got built it's... the right way by tanking. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take tank. I'll take tanking over teams, buying participation trophies, basically to win a world series. Like I'm okay with tanking to actually draft people and build it up. Because for what it's worth, and this bears repeating with Houston, they did tank, but they did do not and still do not have a decent bit of the star players that they drafted from those tank years on the team. George Springer's with the Blue Jays. Carrera, Carrera is now Correa, a free fine. agent again. 
and they they never got anything out of um Mark Apple, the kid that they drafted out oh, of Stanford. Pal, so it's a the, Appel, whatever. Doesn't matter. He's he's like now thirty three and finally in Major League Baseball at this point. Point I'm getting at. They they kind of got built the right way. It's so out of the teams that are left. If Houston were to somehow win and actually win clean, okay, I, I think we can let that one slide. But I, I can't root for the Yankees. Simple as that. I really can't. But on this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios, we're going to talk with Kevin Harris, Strider from Meet at Midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback to talk Ohio State football. They were on a bye last week. They will take on Iowa on Saturday. We'll also talk about some other college football things going on around the country. We'll also talk with Devin Adams from the high school's head football coach coming off a loss against St. John's. They take on Lima Sr., on Friday, we'll hear from Coach Adams a bit later on in the show. We'll also talk with Macomb head football coach Chris Algy. The Panthers coming off a win against Plymouth. They will take on Liberty Benton on Friday night. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Frickers Studios here on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. We are not physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Today, their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday is their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Those daily specials, though, are dine in only. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, before we go to a break, there's there's something we got to get off our chest. It's something we Go talked to, something we talked about a few times during the season during our coverage of Tiffin Calvert volleyball this season. But the rankings, at least for Division Four, I am okay with referring to them as an absolute joke because New Bremen ranked number one, 43 first place votes. Marion Local ranked number two, just two first place votes. Mohawk ranked third with no first place votes. So. Don't know exactly why they're third. And Calvert is ranked fourth, and they have six first-place votes. So whoever, whomever those six people are voting for Calvert, thank you, because that shows me, you know, you're at least watching them at least once or twice this season. Let me tell you the resumes for those four teams. New Bremen, 21-1 overall. So, you know, good record. Their lone loss comes to Marion Local, who's ranked number two. The other big wins they had against some teams in the MAC, Coldwater, a perennially good team, St. Henry and Fort Loramie. They've lost 12 total sets this year. Marion Local, they are 18-4 and four overall. Their losses come to Ottawa Glandorf, always a good team in Division Three. Mercy McCauley, they are the number three team in Division Two, along with Coldwater and Versailles. Their big wins have been against New Bremen, who we just mentioned, Fort Loramie and St. Henry. They have lost 16 total sets. Mohawk, 21-1 overall. Their loss came just last week against a pretty good Colonel Crawford team, and they really only have a couple wins against some really good teams. They've beat Seneca East twice. They're ranked in Division Four. They beat Monroeville. They're a perennially good team as well. Carey's pretty good this season. They've beaten them twice. They've lost 15 total sets. For Calvert, they are 20-2 overall. Their losses came to Division Two. Bishop Hartley. They are the number one team in Division Two. And they also lost to Division One St. Ursula. They are a top 10 team in Division One. Their 
biggest win for Calvert, of course, last week was when they beat Liberty Benton in straight sets. But they also beat Worcester in the Norwalk Invitational in three sets. They ended up dropping that first set, then came back to win the next two. They're 18-4 and four on the season. And, of course, Calvert rolled through the SBC River without really even coming close to dropping a set. They have lost just six sets all year long. So, yes, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that New Bremen and Marion Local play in a better league in the MAC. I do not disagree with that. But Calvert has thoroughly rolled through their league. They dominated the defending Division Three state champs last week in straight sets, battled with the Division One team down to the wire, and lost to the team that pretty likely is going to win the Division Two state title. All these votes for these other three teams it just tells me you're not watching everybody because if you are, and that's your opinion, I mean, it, you can't, I guess, say an opinion's wrong. But that opinion's wrong. Go ahead. Okay. 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 I'm going to start. I'm just going to start by saying this is not a dig at New Bremen, Marion Local, or Mohawk. It's not at all. Correct. They're very talented teams. They're very good teams. Re- realistically, if it were for the fact that they're all kind of, all, all four of these teams are kind of muddied into the same region. Any of those four, all four of those teams being the state semifinalists would be great for volleyball for division four. Not disagreeing with that. Very talented teams. Um, switch to water for the voters. <laughs> switch to water. So go outside, feel grass under your feet, feel the sunlight. Cause clearly what you're doing is sitting in a dark, sad, embarrassing little room just stare. oh look it's Marion local oh look it's new bremen they're in the mac that immediately means they're somehow this magical superpower so they're one and two and whoa mohawk has won lots of games clearly they're the greatest team of all time because calvert's got two losses they must suck no here's the thing Here's the problem that I have with voters. Most of the voters don't see these teams. They just go off of preconceived notions and just look at a roster and go, huh, okay, and that's it. Northwest Ohio, especially North Northwest Ohio. So, I mean, I'm talking the North Oliva teams because clearly Marion Local, New Bremen, for some reason, technically constitute being listed as Northwest Ohio as well. But teams that are like North of Lima, the lack of respect they get year in and year out in these polls, in the, these rankings, in this voting is astonishing. Anyone who has a functioning motor cortex means the ability to walk, the ability to see, and the ability to comprehend those things entirely would be able to tell you that Calvert is the best team in Division Four, and that it's not even close. The fact that they're somehow, not, not just that they're, behind these teams but that mohawk lost they lost don't have nearly the same resume that calvert does and somehow got to keep their number three spot no you're just not paying attention you're you're simply not paying attention and you know what that's fine that's okay that is perfectly okay because when calvert just absolutely boat races all these teams throughout the postseason once again and we're down at right state and everyone's like wow Number four, Calvert was actually pretty good. Maybe we mis- misjudged them. We could just be like, yeah, you did, and just watch them win another state title. Because I stand by the statement I made the other day for that Liberty Benton match. This team is better, in my opinion, 
at this point of the season is better than the 2020 state champion team. And I honestly feel if this team were to play the 2020 state champion team, I think they only lose a set. I really do. This team is just so talented. They're so balanced. They're so complete. The fact that they are not getting the credit that they deserve. And I'm sorry, in what planet is one more than six? Mohawk only gets one first place vote and somehow they're ranked higher. No, they didn't they didn't get any first place votes. I'm sorry, they get any. When when did zero magically become six? I know we live in this world all of a sudden where facts don't matter and everyone is entitled to their own reality, but we have to fundamentally agree that numbers are numbers. Zero is less than six. A team with six first place votes should be ahead of a team with zero first place votes. I'm sorry. Like the accountant family member side of my brain cannot compute the level of stupid that the current division four bracket actually is <laughs> in terms of rankings. It just, it defies common sense. So yeah, we need to get this off our chest because this is a mockery of a vote towards Tiffin Calvert. It's an insult. And frankly, if they want to insult the team, fine, be my guest. Calvert is the last team in the world I would want to make angry. But if they want to do that before the postseason, have at it. I've seen stupider things done in my life. If you want to poke a bear, poke a bear. Just understand you better be ready to run. <laughs> It's as simple as that. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, try not to get too critical of the brackets and the rankings, but this, this Division Four ranking this year, it's just straight-up atrocious. I mean, Cal- Calvert is, what, set tied for second in – tied for third in wins because you said New Bremen's only 120 as well? Yeah. So tied for third in – tied for second in wins in Division Four have dropped the fewest sets out of any team in division four and have the only team on the resume right now who's defeated a state champion this year. What am I missing? Nothing. Just, just, just what am I missing? With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We come back. We'll talk with Kevin Harris, writer from meet at midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback here on the NWO orthopedics sports huddle from the Fricker studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB and classic. It's 96.7 WBVI. Everyday values are at only one place. Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits. Frickers. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. 
Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Dawn. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. Are you looking for a job with a great company? The Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $18.84 an hour with a raise after 90 days. These are full-time positions that work second shift from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m. There's also an opening for a CDL Class A truck driver. To apply, go to Ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family driven. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Classic Kids 96.7 WBVI, Lance Morris. Matt Common here with you tonight. The Ohio State Buckeyes did not have a game over the weekend, got to enjoy the weekend off. This Saturday, they will take on Iowa. You can always listen to Buckeye football on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined by Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback here in the Frickers Zoom room. Kevin, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? Oh, we're doing we're doing pretty good, but we uh, we get to start this one on a little different note because the Buckeyes, well, they didn't have a game this past weekend and did not have a win nor a loss. So, what uh, what can you say about uh, what the bye week will uh, do for the team and how that can uh, help them kind of get ready for the rest of the year? Well, I think one of the things we talked about even last week was that the team is kind of banged up. Like it's not, it's not super injured. There's nobody with like a huge, uh, um, like injury that's keeping them from anything super severe or anything like that. But um, you look around, you've got a, a couple guys who've missed quite a few games, um, missed some time here and there, and um, I think just having the bye week, having an off week, will give them a chance to to get back and. Um, you know, I, I think there've been quite a few starters who've been, you know, scratched and maybe their, their injuries are, uh, or, you know, nagging pains that they could have played through, but, um, just an extra week off helps immensely at Ryan day certainly didn't confirm whether or not any of those players will be back, um, or a hundred percent healthy, uh, this week. Um, you know, you've got guys like Jackson Smith and Jigba or something like that, um, who you don't we don't really know if they're going to be back yet, but um, just another week healthy or another week that these guys are able to get healthy is, uh, is really huge in this situation. Yeah. And obviously you mentioned it as the rest of the big 10 kind of seem to be knocking heads against each other or against some opponent over the course of the weekend. Uh, what, what were some of your takeaways that you saw from the big 10 matchups that did actually go on? We're now looking to head towards the back end of Ohio State's regular season that, okay, these teams that may be coming up or these teams that most likely could be in the Big Ten title game against us. Uh, what Did you have any, like, big takeaways from any of those teams over this weekend? Well, I talked to, I talked a little bit last week about Illinois and how I thought that Illinois was actually a very good team, um, super efficient on both sides of the ball, and they kind of did that against Minnesota. Um, Minnesota was actually favored, even though Illinois was ranked, but man, Illinois just controlled the ball. Um, they controlled the game, really dominated. They might have the best defense in the Big Ten. Um, 
I, I know that Iowa statistically has the best defense, but given who Illinois has played, um, that's a really dominant team. Um, you know, it's it's definitely up there with the the Iowas and the the Michigans in terms of defense. But um, I I really think that that's going to be the team that Ohio State ends up playing in the Big Ten West. Um, you know, there's still a lot of football to be played. We're only at the halfway mark of the regular season and not even halfway through the Big Ten season. But um, there's still a lot of football to be played. But uh, I, I think that that team is emerging as a really talented team. Um, and it could be a, a battle for the Illibuck in the Big Ten championship game. Um, I'm looking at really the, the only team that uh, I think can beat Illinois left on their schedule is um, Michigan. And I think that'll set up for a really good game ahead of um, Michigan's game with Ohio State because that's the the week before um, the Ohio State matchup. So um, that's really it's it's setting up to be a race between Illinois in the West and then Ohio State and Michigan in the East, because uh, Michigan, as you I'm sure everybody saw, um, just dismantled Penn State. And I think Ohio State's probably going to do the same thing to Penn State uh, later on this month. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback. And we take a look ahead to this week. They will match up with Iowa. Iowa 3-3 three and three on the year. Their wins come against South Dakota State, Nevada, and Rutgers. Their losses, though, even though there are three, a couple of those are some pretty good teams, Iowa State, Michigan, and Illinois, who you just mentioned. What are you looking forward to seeing in this uh, Iowa matchup on Saturday? Yeah, so if you really go by a lot of the defensive numbers, um, I like the S&P Plus projections from uh, Bill Connolly at ESPN. Um, he has this as the number one offense versus the number one defense. So you've heard a lot about how um, you know, this Ohio State team hasn't really played anybody yet. And to be totally fair, there's no chance that they lose this game because Iowa's offense is just that horrific. But um, their defense is super, super good. Um, legitimately, like a, a very, very good defense, very good at forcing turnovers. Um, that secondary particularly is really, really good. Um, it's really the strength of their defense and Ohio State's passing game is the strength of its offense. So um, if there's anything we're going to learn from this Ohio State passing game, it's going to come in this game. Um, frankly, if Ohio State goes and hangs, I, I think I mentioned this before, but if Ohio State goes out and hangs 45, 50 points on Iowa, which they easily could do, um, that's just really bad news for the rest of the country because if Iowa can't slow down this Ohio State offense, nobody's going to be able to. Um, this is legitimately like a, a very, very good, um, very good Iowa team. So uh, very good Iowa defense, at least. Uh, and when it gets, gets to their offense, it's, horrifically bad um just very very bad um they can't really move the ball they don't even really have a, a super strong running game this year um spencer petrus is atrocious at quarterback um i don't know how brian ference has a job so it's really a, a, a tale of two sides of the ball i can't say enough good things about their defense and i can't say enough bad things about uh, their offense so um in, enjoy on saturday <laughs> it's it's just going to be one of those games so I guess what you're saying is um, don't don't bet on the over for Iowa this weekend. Yeah. Um, in terms of their offensive output, but I, I am curious about it because Big Ten Iowa it seems historically it's always a dogfight for Ohio State. It never seems to be easy, even when the records are kind of you know extreme opposites, like they seem to be right now with one team really kind of struggling and Ohio State just cruising against everybody. 
at this stage of the game. I know you mentioned, all right, you think with this offense, it's pretty much no chance of it being a win for Iowa. But do, do you see a scenario where they push Ohio State very similar to what we saw with Notre Dame? No. Um, just, I, no, I, I just think, no. <laughs> I, I think the thing here is like Notre Dame at least is a, a somewhat competent offense. Um, maybe the defenses are comparable in the same galaxy, but uh, the problem with, with Iowa here is that their offense is actually so bad that it makes their defense worse. So like Iowa's defense, if it even had a competent offense to match it would be fine because you'd have, you know, an offense that's controlling the ball and um, you know, taking some time off the clock and isn't just going three and out and punting it back to the other team. And what's going to happen on Saturday is that this offense is so terrible that even if the defense has some success against Ohio state, Ohio State's just going to have so many chances that I don't think like that's going to be a problem for them to put up 40, you know, approaching 50 points. Um, that's just how bad this offense is. And against a team, I, I mean, I think this Ohio State defense might be the best defense that Iowa's going to face this year too. So um, it kind of just doesn't even matter if, if Iowa's defense is as good as it is, because if you give this Ohio State offense enough chances against anybody, it's going to find the end zone at some point. So um, I, I don't think like at, with all respect in the world to Iowa's defense, I just don't think that they can possibly play well enough to um, effectively slow this Ohio state offense down. The only real chance they have is like getting multiple scores on defense. And even that, like, I, I don't, I don't know if that would be enough. Like, I don't know how many points this defense would possibly have to score uh, to, to make this a game. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. Like maybe, maybe the defense will come out and just prove to be like, ungodly good and um you know make me look dumb but i just i the problem is more the offense than the defense and it the offense is so bad that it bleeds into the defense's performance talk with kevin harris writer for me at midfield along with awful announcing and the comeback on the nwo orthopedics sports huddle here from the frickers studios and looking back at games from this past weekend lots of good ones of of course, the big one, Tennessee beating Alabama in a fun back-and-forth game. You mentioned it before, Michigan pulling away and able to beat Penn State in the, specifically in the second half of that one. Utah knocks off USC. TCU, they beat Oklahoma State in double overtime. Syracuse beat NC State. Kentucky beat Mississippi State. Oklahoma was able to beat Kansas. And we also saw Illinois beat Iowa or Illinois beat Minnesota rather. Um, what were, what were your thoughts on what we saw last week? I know lots of, uh, lots of good games to look at. Yeah, there really is a lot. Um, I think we talked last week about how this was just kind of one of those weeks where you just kind of get to see, um, which team is for real, which teams are for real and which teams aren't. I don't really take stock too much stock in like this week didn't like prove anybody. This is, this is a week. This was a week that could absolutely eliminate you from college football playoff contention or make your life really difficult, but it's not going to make you. And so I think like I caution Michigan fans or Tennessee fans from getting way too high on these wins, because while these are massive wins for both of those programs or for Syracuse and stuff like that, you haven't really proven anything yet. And um, you've just kind of survived in advance is, is the thing, because you look at, at Michigan Michigan's still got a game against Illinois and they've still got Ohio state left on the schedule. You, you look at Tennessee, they've still got Kentucky and they've still got Georgia on the schedule. So it's kind of just trimming the field. Um, I don't think Alabama's like out by any means, but just the way that they played um, 
it was not very inspiring. I, I there's nothing about the way that they've played in, in previous weeks either that leads me to believe that they're going to make any changes. And I, I, frankly, I could see this Alabama team losing another game, maybe to Ole Miss or something like that down the line. So um, I don't know. It was it was just super fun to watch. Um, I, obviously, I think the one that stands out is that Tennessee versus Alabama game, uh, just because Tennessee now like seems to be a legitimate national title contender. You look at that offense and frankly, I think that you have to have a good offense to be able to compete against this Ohio state team, which I think is, uh, should be the AP voters don't agree, but I think, um, Ohio state is the clear cut national title favorite right now. Um, and I think you're going to have to have an offense to hang with them because like I mentioned, if Iowa's defense, isn't going to slow them down this week, which I don't think they will no offense or no defense is going to. So I think you're going to have to have a high powered offense and Tennessee has that. So if there's any team that can in the country that can really score with Ohio State, it's Tennessee in that passing attack. And um, so I, with that, I think Tennessee has kind of emerged is um, maybe one of the uh, national title favorites. And they, they've still got plenty of work to do. They've got to beat Kentucky. They've got to beat Georgia, which is a tall task. But, um, you know, it's just in terms of teams that can actually hang and score with Ohio State. I was really impressed by Tennessee. Um, there's still a lot left that's got to shake out in the college football playoff race. Uh, I think we've got Clemson kind of emerging with Syracuse beating NC State. Next week's game between Clemson and Syracuse kind of sets up a, you know, de facto ACC um, undefeated team. Like the winner of that game is probably going to go undefeated in the ACC uh, and maybe could get a college football playoff bid. So it's just, it's one of those weeks where, um, nothing is really decided, but it definitely like helps narrow things down a little bit. Well, and with that being said, um, first of all, God, wasn't that sweet watching Alabama lose? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was great. Just that just felt so good. Uh, it felt so unnecessarily good. But uh, th- there were a couple other games I was very intrigued by, and would love your thoughts on them. I mean, uh, a couple that stand out. Right, right off the bat, number 20, Utah actually taking down USC and the mighty transfer free agency portal that they've created, 43-42. And then when are we going to start talking about TCU as a legitimate top 10 team again, beating Oklahoma State and double OT 43-40? to Yeah, I mean, honestly, you look at we'll, – we'll talk with TCU first. You're looking at high-powered offenses. Um, TCU's that too. It's one of those teams that could – I mean – it's it's hard to Ohio State's offense is so transcendent. It's hard to like, even though these offenses are great, it's hard to like put them in the same category. But you're looking for a team that could hypothetically score or like hang with Ohio State. Um, that that TCU offense is looking really good. It's looking super creative, super fun. Um, you know, and they've got some some good athletes too. It's I mean, that's a good team. Um, I worry that they're not is an versatile enough to kind of run the table in the big 12 because they've got a, they've got a bunch of games left. I think they still have to play Texas. I still think, I think they still have to play Oklahoma. Um, there's, there's a lot that they have to do too, but yeah, they're emerging as a, a legitimately very good team um, with a, a strong offense that can put up points in a hurry. So um, yeah, that they're definitely fun. Uh, and yeah, that, in that USC Utah game, um, you know, I, I think the book on USC so far has been, it's a, it's a strong offense with not a great defense. That's really what everybody who, you know, kind of paid attention, knew about this team heading into the season. They just really haven't played a team that's been able to um, do 
hold them defensively and score uh, the way that you really need to. Oregon State got super close, but Utah was really the first team that matched up well. And honestly, Utah tried to give that game away a few times. But um, the the book on Caleb Williams seems to be that if you just drop back, you know, seven, eight guys in coverage and don't really rush him and make him run around and make his own mistakes, like that's just kind of his kryptonite a little bit. So. Utah did that a lot late in the game. You saw when USC was trying to make a late drive to tie the game or whatever. All they really did is rush three guys and drop everybody else in coverage, and Caleb Williams really couldn't do anything. Um, but for that reason, USC has never really scared me, but it was it was confirmed, confirmed my beliefs to see Utah uh, just kind of do that to them. Talk with Kevin Harris, writer for me at midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Looking ahead to this weekend, a handful of nice ranked matchups. Some of them we've already mentioned. Syracuse taking on Clemson, UCLA plays Oregon. Chip Kelly will return to Eugene. Texas plays Oklahoma State. Alabama playing Mississippi State. Kansas State plays TCU. couple other matchups that could get interesting. Kansas versus Baylor. Duke and Miami could be fun. West Virginia, Texas Tech. Ole Miss versus LSU. That could be fun for no other reason than the uh, different head coaches that they have between Lane Kiffin for Ole Miss and Brian Kelly for LSU. And Minnesota plays Penn State as Penn State looks to Rebound after that loss last week against Michigan. What are you looking forward to seeing this weekend? Yeah, I think you you hit it on the head with the the first one that we've already talked a little bit about was that Clemson um, Syracuse game. I because I really think the winner of this game is going to end up having a chance to make the college football playoff. Like Clemson sitting there at number five, uh, Syracuse is undefeated. If they beat number five Clemson, they're going to end up as a you know top ten team. Um, so that's interesting. And then you've got UCLA and Oregon. Oregon is really intriguing because they suffered that like massive loss to Georgia earlier in the season mm-hmm. where, you know, they kind of just didn't get their feet under them. And I, I just see a completely different team than lost that game. Um, at least the way that they lost that game. I think that's just kind of one of those where everything just kind of snowballed. And if they play that game again, it's probably nowhere near as lopsided as it was back then. Uh, so they're really intriguing. Um, but man, UCLA is really fun too. So I'm I'm really interested in that game. I think there's still a chance uh, that a one loss Oregon could end up in a in the college football playoff. And obviously UCLA is you know looking strong too. So um, there's just it's it's weird at this point in the season that um, there's just so many teams that appear very much alive and very much national title contenders. And it, like at this point in the season, I think that UCLA Oregon um you know Tennessee Clemson Syracuse uh, all of those teams TCU all of those teams that are like not perennially perennial powerhouses they have a better chance at the college football playoff right now than Alabama does in my opinion so um it's just very wild but I I'm I think particularly I'm interested in watching those uh shocking the the top 10 or top 15 matchups between Syracuse and Clemson and uh uh, UCLA and Oregon because those are going to kind of take shape in the the college football playoff race. Um, I am interested in that, but that Penn State Minnesota game, if anything, to just see how good uh, um, Penn State really is because the way that they lost to Michigan, like 
I know that Michigan fans are getting super, super frisky about that game because they, uh, you know, they beat a, a top 10 Penn State team, but Penn State did not look good. They have not really looked good at all this season, aside from that win against a just terrible Auburn team. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see if like, if Penn State's actually just bad or if Michigan is actually as good as they looked against Penn State. And then obviously we talked about this a little bit with TCU playing Kansas State this week. Like they've looked really good, but they've just got a murderer's row of a schedule coming up. So um, if, if TCU ends up undefeated or even one loss at the end of the season, they're going to have earned it. So uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be watching that too. Um, really, it's a, it's a solid slate all around uh, after a really good slate this past weekend too. Well, you know me, it wouldn't be a conversation with you if I didn't bring up my uh, bottom of the top 25 as well. And needless to say, there is a pretty decent shakeup down there at the number 25 spot as James Madison, uh, the hardly knew ye as they fall last week in their matchup against Georgia Southern 45-38. And a new team rises from the ashes to take on the not the number 25 spot. And that is Tulane. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask this. A year removed from finishing, start being at one point number 13 overall in the country and winning once again this weekend, making them, they are one of, I believe, about 15 or 16 undefeated teams left in the country. Is Did did like Grayson McCall and Coastal Carolina not invite the voters to their birthday party or something? What is going on with, I've, I've never seen a team that has maintained. I mean, we've seen UCF, they've been good and then they've fallen off and that's when the ranking goes away. I've never seen a team that just continues to win still not get any rankings. It's just, I'm, I'm floored by this, that Tulane gets in before Coastal Carolina does. Yeah, it, it's, it's really funny. Like if you even just look at the teams that are getting rankings, like that are getting ranked votes ahead of them too, like South Carolina, Maryland, Liberty, um, you know, a lot of these teams who've already like kind of had their shot have been uh, ranked ahead of them. And uh, they haven't like, they're, they're sitting there with only like, they're not even close to being ranked really. Like they're, they're sitting there with five uh, votes. Um, so they're behind LSU, uh, UCF, Kansas, South Carolina, Purdue, Maryland, Liberty, Washington, Baylor. Yeah. So if they'd be about, 35 right now so they're not even really close they don't even have a vote in the coaches poll so um it is very odd because I I think that's a really talented team um I I don't really understand why nobody seems to be paying attention to them but um yeah I mean that's just par for the course of of major college football is you just kind of overlook the small schools this has been Kevin Harris, writer for Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and The Comeback. We, of course, follow you on Twitter at Kevinus. Kevin, thank you once again for taking the time to talk. We'll catch up next week. Awesome. Thank you, guys. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams, here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Moore's Matt Common here with you tonight. 
The Finley Trojans coming off a tough loss last Friday, 18-10 to St. John's. They will end the regular season with a matchup with Lima Senior. We're now pleased to be joined here by Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams, here in the Frickers Zoom Room. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing all right, guys. How about yourselves? Oh, not not too bad. Thank you. Thank you again for, for taking the time to talk with us. Obviously, tough loss for you guys last yeah. week against St. John's. What were some of the good and bad you saw from your guys? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, once again, I, I think it's been a message all year long of, of when we uh, are un, are in these situations where we take a tough loss. Is our kids battled, um, our kids fought, uh, they never quit, never gave up, they they gave effort, uh, was never any doubt on effort by any means. Uh, so I guess for that part, it, it, it's, um, you know, somebody asked me a quick question yesterday, I don't mean to, to go long-winded here, but like, how do you measure uh, program success, you know, not just by wins and losses, and I said, well, I feel like we're in a good spot now where guys are competing at least every single play. There's no long faces during the game. Guys are competing to the very end. So I feel like for us, year two and where we are, uh, there, there is success in that. Um, some of the rough, some of the rough, just more so uh, just not being able to maybe, you know, get as loose offensively as we'd like to. Uh, hats off to them. They had a great game plan, did a good job disrupting things and uh, doing some of the little things defensively right, schematically. So uh, big hats off to them. But overall, you know, Hats to them. They came in with a great game plan and executed what they need to, and uh, we still had a chance. Yeah, and Coach, you you mentioned a little bit already that it kind of taking a bit of a bigger picture approach to the game and to the season as a whole. What were some of the things in the game Friday night that really stood out to you on the uh, offensive side? Obviously, 10 points, not the greatest night in the world, but still, like you alluded to, you guys were in it right down to the bitter end. So yeah. clearly some things were working offensively that kept you guys hanging around with them. Yeah, no, I think for us, like we had explosive moments. Um, we were able to push the ball down the field at times. We were able to get uh, in the in the plus territory. Uh, you just can't have interceptions. You can't have uh, miscues with routes. And, um, you know, those things kind of put us in a, a very uh, compromising spot. So, I mean, it was never a matter of if we can move the ball. I think sometimes – we get so when uh, we, we come up with opportunities to have such explosive plays and, and when we're not getting those plays, it's also our guys learning how to take the small chunks as well too. And being patient, you know, if we can win a game seven, six, great. You know, we can win a game 19, 18 in this case. Great. You know, um, just be, sometimes being patient's okay as well too. So I think just getting that feel of that, the growth, the development of, of kind of the football knowledge and, and kind of, you know, hey, every play is not going to be bombs over Baghdad like it was a week ago. You know, like some games are going to give us the run game and we got to take what we get and, and be a little more opportunistic in that aspect. Uh, that's the growth part of it. So I think that's kind of what my summary was offensively from last game. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Moritz, Matt Common, talking with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams. And on the flip side, defensively, able to mm -hmm. do some good things, holding, of course, uh, them to 18 total points. What were some of the good things you saw on the defense? Yeah, so I, I said for the defense, really, you know, I think it's very easy for people to kind of always lean towards, you know, fault, right? Like, you know, hats off to our defensive staff and our defensive guys. I thought they did a great job. I mean, we – you know, as I, as I saw it, we held them to 18 points. Um, they didn't convert uh, any extra point or even the, the two-point conversion they went for. They didn't convert that. So we held them to 18 points, uh, that, which is huge. You know, every little point matters and so forth. Uh, then they had a shutout in the second half. Uh, so once again, I, I think they gave us a chance. And, um, they, you know, early on, I, I got to give it to that first half was as probably as clean – 
uh, from a film standpoint, as clean of a first half offensively for St. John's. Um, they were hitting on all cylinders. They, they got rolling. They, early on, we got to stop. But, you know, as time went on, they started hitting a little cleaner. Uh, guys were making great catches. Balls were in great spots. Um, we were competing. We were contesting things, just uh, coming up short, you know. So, you know, hats off to them for a very, very clean first half. But, you know, hats to our defense for never really giving up, for battling after touchdowns. I think sometimes it's very easy to see kids' heads go down after a touchdown. Where our guys were like, all right, well, let's line up. Let's get a block, you know, kick. Uh, let's stop the the, the, the two-point conversion and, uh, and go from there. So I, I thought it was overall, you know, a great job by our defense of getting that shutout in the second half. Yeah, and coach of the defense in that second half, just hit the on head, just lights out being able to get that shutout against yep. a very, very talented St. John's Jesuit offense. I mean, no, no, no secret. They are, they're pretty loaded over there this season. Their record may not reflect it. That's yeah. a very impressive roster of players well, they we, have over there at St. John's. Well, I think, uh, I think back to, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, that was, you know, at a, I was ever at Riverdale during that time, but you know, the, the Lichtenberg, the older brother really, you know, we were up, but then he really kind of dominated the second half and kind of took over, um, and had some of those kind of individual moments that kind of really carry the team to the kind of the next level. So, you know, I, I for me personally, I felt like, you know, in that first half, let's say there was a sprint out to the left and, you know, he cuts back all the way to the right and we're in position, just come up a little short, but like to him, he's shifty, he's wiggly and made some plays for his teammates and made some plays with his feet and legs. And I think I, you know, I talked about it last week and, and to a couple of people and reporters about just, you know, Hey, we got to contain this guy because I uh, take the kid from clay who I thought was really good and did the, kind of the same kind of stuff. Uh, this guy's he's even better, you know? So, um, you know, solid, solid group of athletes, and, you know, even defensively, I mean, had some good looking kids on the outside at corner and um, yeah, they, they, they got some, they got some good, a uh, good solid uh, core guys. And, and once again, hats off to them. And we'll get back to, you know, the, the other stuff in a moment, but you mentioned it with the Lichtenbergs and how they've, you know, got a, a little bit of a dynasty kind of going on in terms of the St. John's quarterback position. Aren't you kind of just sick of that? Like, come on. Like let's 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 maybe try another family or another kid back there at quarterback. <laughs> you know it's good, man, and it's funny because a lot of these families, you know, a lot of people know each other. They know that they know the Montgomery family. Everybody's kind of connected in their own way, and everybody's competing and getting after it. But uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this: I'm, you know, we're not obviously playing against uh, those teams anymore. But uh, you know, individually from a Lichtenberg standpoint, I'm I, you know, I'm I'm glad he's moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's secretly another Lichtenberg in the wings Yeah, right. right, right. That, that just magically will be the starting quarterback next year. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe it's a James Bond thing where he just, if you become the quarterback at St. John Jesuit, you have to change your name to Lichtenberg. <laughs> right, that, right, that, right. Because <laughs> it, it does seem very institutional out there. And I, I mean, coach, I'm just, you know me, I'm not someone who tries to get too far ahead of ourselves. I know we're still going to be talking about the game coming up this week against uh yeah lima senior but it, it is worth mentioning because it is week 10 a little bit of playoff thoughts going on right now looking at right now you guys are number 14 so you are in as yeah. it currently stands yep. um did just for everyone out there because i really don't get a chance to ask this question to any coaches who actually get far more information better information on this 
pretty much everybody I know goes to Joe Itell, and I know he always like makes a big warning that this is just an estimate or just an overall kind of thing. But what can you tell the people that are out there that are constantly playoff and point checking once they get past week seven, week eight on a site like Joe Itell, where it's like, okay, you may not be seeing the whole picture, or are they actually pretty much seeing the whole picture? I've always been curious about that. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of guys probably, I mean, you know, if you, if you never like checked into it, you're lying. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's something that you make a big, I don't think it's anything that we make a big deal. I think it's just something that obviously, I mean, I think guys are going to check in. Guys are curious. The kids know, <laughs> the kids are curious. So I, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, to say it's not been checked and, you know, we don't even look at that stuff. And I, I, I would think that would be lying. Um, you know, what, what I will say is though, you know, it, it always still does come down to, you know, if we take care of our business, good things should happen. Right. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're looking this year, you know, split hairs, you know, a different, a different play here, a different play there. You know, we may, we may be in a better position where we're not maybe sweating as much right now or, you know, where, you know, the Joe, Joe, the Joe has the thing, you know, we, we don't control our own destiny anymore. Um, so I, I would say it's, it's not, we don't, we don't make a big deal out of that as in like, you know, we're week one, week two, we're not like, Hey, we're number two in a region. We got to keep that going. Hey, it's week six. You know, we're, we're number 18. We got to keep climbing, you know, guys, we got to fight. I, I don't think we do it that way, but I do think mm -hmm. heading into last game of the year, it, it is important to understand what's at stake. Um, you know, uh, I think it's important to understand where we, you know, Hey, listen, we have an opportunity. We, we do have something to play for. Cause I think, you know, mentally you don't want kids to be, we don't, we don't even, you know, we don't, you know, we're four, we're four and five and, you know, we're not good enough or anything like that. No, no. Hey, listen, we're a good ball club and we've come short in places, but you know, we do have an opportunity here and this is a playoff game. You know, we don't control our own destiny anymore. According to that uh, Lima does control their destiny. Um, so you know, we're going to expect uh, their, their best effort, a playoff game, a Super Bowl-like kind of deal, and uh, we have to go out there and compete. And you can always keep in mind uh, the team you played last year, one of the teams at least, uh, Dublin Kaufman, they were only 3-7 and seven last regular season. They still won a playoff game. Uh, 100%, right? Because once, once, uh, once you get into that mold there, you know, you, 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 it, it's a new season. Um, and for them, right, like, you never know how people take stuff, but that's an opportunity to really to, to kind of catapult your program in the right direction. Three and seven, got in, won a playoff game. Like, that, that's a good spearhead for them for their offseason. So I think you know, a lot of people have their, their gripes and their, their feelings about how the expansion and how it's all worked out. But I think for, and for a lot of programs, cases, or Dublin Kaufman, exactly, I think it worked out good for them. Look at them this year. You know, they're, they're taking that next step. So. You know, uh, good for them and hats off to them. Yeah, and coach, uh, obviously, since I started it, I'll go ahead and end it because we do still have week 10 of action this yeah. week against a Lima senior team. And obviously, bit of a similar situation to you guys of just brutal schedule. And the, the record does reflect that a little bit. What, what can you tell us about what you've seen on tape from Lima senior so far in your yeah, think... research and prep form? Yep. No, I think uh, consistently Lima's a, a team and that is always extremely dangerous. Um, I, I don't care what anybody says about their record, but they, I think they have some of them, you know, some of the most explosive athletes in the, in the, in the conference. Um, how things all fall together for them. I think that's obviously always, you know, they're, they're, 
for them. I'm not in their practice or anything like that or their or their game or their program, I should say. But um I, I would say like last year, you know, they they gave us they gave us some fits, especially on the outside. Um extremely competitive, extremely athletic, extremely long in some areas. Uh, you know, we had a good group of skill guys last year and they it took us a little bit to kind of get things figured out, but it was more so because of how athletically gifted they are. Um, so you, you do see that still on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have a very good defensive line, uh, extremely quick, twitchy, fast. I think they have a very good, um, very, very good skill level on offense on the outside. Um, they've gone through a couple of different quarterbacks, but they do the spread offense and try and get the ball to their athletes in space and let those guys go. So uh, I see a team that's extremely dangerous. I see a team that's going to come to compete, um, you know, a, a team that's going to be ready to go. And, and like I said, like in, in your, how you mentioned the playoff implications here, like, you know, let's, we're not paying attention to it week six or week seven, but looking at this week, if they win, they get a chance to get in. They're playing at home too, last game of the year. I think that's enough motivation to get up and, and, and be ready to go and be on it, be their best. And uh, at Finley, we're accustomed to getting everybody's best. So um, it, it should be a good game, to say the least. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Matt Common talking with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams here in the Frickers Zoom room. And like, uh, like we mentioned with it being Week 10, lots of things will be changing uh, for you guys and for a lot of teams next season. And this could be, I don't know the particulars of your non-conference schedule moving forward, but Lima Senior will not be in the same league as you guys because they are going to be joining the Toledo City League, and you guys and a handful of other teams will be joining the NLL, and you might not know this for certain, so it's just kind of conjecture at this point, but is that going to be one of those games you may look to add as a non-league matchup here in the next few years or so? Yeah, I, I'm almost, you know, Lima's a team, I think that relationship-wise, we want to keep that relationship going, and um, definitely uh, a program that we, we would still kind of keep on, especially with proximity too, right? Um, you know, I think they'll definitely be kind of one of the teams that we have as an interest to, to keep on the schedule for sure. Yeah, and all last part of you have about playoffs, I promise, because I am just no, no, you're good. at this. You're good. And I, I, I know I am back when I played and I would bring up playoffs, like just, just stop, just stop. <laughs> but I can't help it because I'm looking and based on where you guys would go with the win, there's a pretty decent chance you're playing Perrysburg week one. <laughs> and um, I mean, coach, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask because it's a visual medium. So I can't say blink twice. If that thoughts crossed your mind more than <laughs> once, I, I, I will let you take the tact and poise necessary for this particular question. Yeah, yeah. Is so, that yeah. something on your mind at all? Honestly, uh, no. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? And, uh, you know, I know, uh, I, you know, I'm sure I've, I've had some people kind of back and forth on, you know, who we might end up playing and, you know, listen to the kids. The kids get all wound up about, you know, who we possibly play. But I, I think for us, like right now, you know, we really want to – we want to be able to end this season the right way. Um, mm -hmm. Once we get there, you know, we, we got, there's no guarantees. So I think it, it's, once again, back to that original question you asked about kind of checking out. Yeah. I mean, we we're, we're aware of where we are and the implications um, as far as kind of, we just want to get in, you know, we want the opportunity to get in and however that may, however that stretches, however that works, you know, we'll be extremely thankful from that aspect. 
Um, but it's going to be very important that we, we, we go out and have a great practice today and tomorrow due to some of the kind of the way the week was a little bit. We've had a little bit of tweaks and changes, so we need a good couple, two days to really get after it and, and, and have a good practice and be sound and be disciplined and then go out there and just execute to the standard that we still are working to be to. Um, and I think once that happens and we'll, we'll deal with everything else and we'll wake up Saturday if we take care of business and then we'll go from there. But uh, wh whoever it is, we're just going to be excited to compete. I, I promise you that. Matt, I won't steal your thunder. Go ahead and ask, uh, ask coach. I know what you want to ask him. I, I need, I need that message. I need it. I, it's, it's week, it's week 10. The, the bones are aching. The yeah, muscles yeah. are sore. We're tired. We, we yep. need that motivation coach. Let's, let's, let's hear it. What's the message no, for the team and the fans this week? No doubt. I, I think, you know, one, one, I, you, there's a, we're, where we are right now, we're, we're we have this, we have this happening. I think, uh, obviously, you know, expectations of how good we, we, we should be or could have been. And the reality is we're a four and five team, but I still think we're a good football team. Um, you know, we have an opportunity this week to come together as a two communities. We're actually doing, uh, you know, breast cancer awareness night uh, with both ourselves and with Lima. Um, so, you know, what a great opportunity to go out there and do something for a cause that's bigger than you. Uh, and that's what it really circled back to our guys was a hey, last game of the year, the seniors last regular season game, they're at least promised this game, you know, let's go out there and, and, and be representative of, of something bigger than yourself, you know, for the cause and for the school uh, and for your teammates as well, too. You know, we sometimes get so wrapped up in, in what the world is today and what the culture is and such the instant gratification, the, the me, 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 you know, in our program, we talk a lot about we, you know, not me and, and how important it is to, to, fall within a team frame here. You know, I told the guys, you know, why, why are we doing the breast cancer awareness? Why do we do this? Because there's people that actually, their lives are impacted by this. So going out there and wearing, you know, extra swag and just trying to look cool, you're, you're missing the boat on what exactly this is all about. It's doing something that's bigger than you can even imagine. You know, we have kids on the team who's been, who have been impacted by this. And, you know, it's a matter of life and death for some people. You know, so how how seriously we take this 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 week, uh, this practice week, this game, this calls, you know, how seriously we, we we step up as underclassmen, as coaches for our seniors and do everything we can we possibly can to prepare them the best way to go out and play their best football on Friday and then go from there. Like, that's what it's about. It's never about you. You know, in the moment that we continue to, to think that it's all about me and my stats and how good I look and, you know, going to college, you know, get where, where I want to go get recruited and we've lost sight of what's actually important and, and we're going to lose track of the important memories and moments that really should be had, you know, day in, day out, minute in, minute out. And, um, you know, we, we can't lose focus of that. So let's come together. Let's do it for all the right reasons. Let's show up. Let's have a, have a business-like approach and honor those who are going through some serious situations that you guys don't even know. Um, and then let's honor your seniors the right way by going out and doing everything we possibly can to, to end this the way that we know we can end it. And then we go from there. So, you know, be bought into we, not me. This has been Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against Lima Senior. Per usual. Thanks, guys. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Macomb head football coach, Chris Algie, here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. 
Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-429-6157. That's 419-429-6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are iron worker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Iron Workers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right. The ones from Campus Poly Ice, the world famous ones. Don't forget Campus Poly Ice for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus Poly Ice is easy. Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus Poly Ice offers dine in, carry out, or delivery. What you waiting on? Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if auto owners make sense for you. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you until 7.30. The Macomb Panthers sit at 8-1 and one on the season heading into week number 10. They look to secure the BBC title with the win on Friday when they host Liberty Benton. We'll have coverage of that game on Friday night on Classic Hits 96.7. Matt Common and I will be live at Macomb for that matchup. We're now pleased to be joined here in the Frick, on the Frickers Huddle Hotline, rather by Macomb head football coach Chris Algy. Coach, how you doing? Good, real good. Thanks for having me, Lance. Yeah, thank you again for for taking the time to talk with us. And you start look back January or not not quite January, but like June, July, uh, that time for the off season. Were things kind of more back to normal compared to what we had to deal with uh, even last year a little bit with COVID protocols and especially in 2020. Yeah, a lot normal. Um, you know, we had a real good weight room this summer. You know, we don't have a lot of kids on a roster. We really haven't the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, the kids that we have, you know, come in, they work hard. And, and uh, uh, Coach Myers, Coach Dino, Coach Shoup, and, and our coaches do a good job. And, and Coach Swisher, he's helping out this year. who graduated last year, did a good job this summer getting the kids ready to go. And even more so with the way the OHSA has changed the playoff formats and all that, it actually starts the season now a little earlier, even though you start two-a-days and all that good stuff right around the same time. Are you a fan of that? How much did that kind of change how you got things rolling? Uh, it was a little bit tough. It, it, you know, I think probably the kids' sake, they probably like it because less less practice time. But, you know, we we had basically we, we started a little bit earlier than you had, uh, you know, four practices, and we were scrimmaging carry you know, on a Friday night with four practices. So, I mean, it, it makes you really hustle and bustle to try to get things in and try to prepare and make sure the kids are in, in good enough shape and condition and 
to get some hitting in before that first scrimmage. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we should be in about week 10 of school and we're not. So um, with, with football being week 10. So then the start of your season, you, you add on the carry scrimmage and you play Marion Local Week 2. That's that's a tough start to the year, taking on a defending state champion in carry and a team in Marion Local that year in, year out is a very good team as well. How, how did you feel your team you know, was able to get through that tough start of the year against some really good teams? You know, uh, carry, we've done that for probably the last four years. It's a good scrimmage. And the nice thing about scrimmage is you can sort of control them and quick whistle things, and, and that's just good for both teams. I mean, we like that scrimmage. And, and uh, you know, then we scrimmage defiance. And then actually week one, we picked up a Division Four Galleon this year that uh, had a lot coming back, and they're they're five and four right now. You know, they've been winning. They're D4. They knocked off Shelby um three weeks ago and and so that was huge for it because they were good size and real physical and and then to come right out and play marion local at marion local who you know 12 times state champ um i just can't see anybody touching them in division six i mean they you know we played with them a couple quarters and then you know they did what they did you know we we struggled offensively because their defense is just so good and and we, we held them for a while and made them punt about four in a row, and then they got their thing going. And, you know, there's 75 kids. and <laughs> But it was good for us, you know. It, it's good for our program to play good teams, to, to find out where you're at. As long as you can come out a little bit healthy, those games, I, I think they're, they're beneficial to our program. Se- they have 75 kids on that team? Yeah, I think they counted <laughs> about 70, 75, uh, you know, pretty much every year they – uh, yeah, they they have a lot of them and, and uh, a lot of kids, and uh, they all play football. So for the most part, yeah, they definitely do. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios. Lance Morris talking here with Macomb head football coach Chris Algie. And you you look back on last year and had a lot of seniors last year that played in key roles all over the field, and some of those guys were even a big part of that state title team back in 2018. You know that Eli Frisch, Eli Franks. Dylan Swisher and Kayvon Bailey was, you know, league player of the year last year. And coming into this year, how do you look to replace what, you know, those guys gave you? Because some of those guys were for your starters for you. Yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, our, our line is, is, you know, coming in was very young because we replaced basically our, almost our whole line, you know, with, with Franks and Swisher. And then, uh, you know, Dylan Venata played a lot. And John Kowalski played a lot on our offensive line. And, you know, to take uh, – uh, you, you don't replace Kayvon ba- Bailey, his talent, his speed. Um, but, you know, we had quite a few other guys. Uh, Sherrick Kid, we had to replace Miller. Um, so we had, what, 14 seniors, I think, last year on the team that we had to replace. And, and uh, you know, we knew coming in, you know, we had some linemen back. We had some, some backers back. We had Andrew Swisher back. And our quarterback was going to be healthy. And, and uh, you know, Thane Steinbrook at defensive end. And, and um, we knew we'd, we were only going to get about 28 kids out, but the 28 kids we have, they work hard. Um, you know, guys had to be in great shape because most of them are going both ways and playing special teams uh, and, and never coming off the field. But, um, you know, they know at Macomb, you just got to gotta fill in the role and you got to get in the weight room and work hard and, and you're the next man up. That's always sort of been our, our motto, and, and uh, the kids have done a good job with that. And one example of having to go next man up, and you alluded to it with uh, Grant Dishong 
getting hurt in that Pandora Gilboa game. And of course he was a couple year starter for you guys and has, has done some very good things when he's been able to be on the field, but how much does that injury, how much has that changed your offense? Well, that, that really hurt. I mean, I, we, we felt terrible for Grant, you know, he, he went through an injury two years ago with baseball and broke his ankle and just, he was finally looking like the Grant we thought he would be being able to run and throw and, and uh, getting any formation with him under center um, or in the shotgun, he could run it. And then, you know, not only to lose him, but, you know, we lost Zane Steinbrook, our, our two-time, uh, you know, two-way starter for two years at the same game, you know, at the end of the first quarter. And he's, you know, done for the year with, you know, tore about everything in his knee, had a four-hour surgery. So, so Pandora game, uh, you know, what resilience our kid, because Pandora's a really good team. I yeah. mean, they were physical, and they are good. I mean, Coach Hershey does a good job. But to lose two senior four ways, really, we lost four players because they both played defense. And uh, the kid showed a lot of resilience, you know, just coming back from that game, not only to, you know, score at the end, but to move on. And, and uh, it, it definitely changes our offense with Grant out and Thane. Um, we had moved new people in, and um, sometimes we'd go with three quarterbacks, sometimes two. Um, but, uh, you know, we just do what we have to do, I guess, and, and try to adapt to it. And Swisher's done a good job, and Blake Blake Whitmire has come in the last two, three games in, in our spread offense, and it's throwing pretty well. And, and uh, then we go with Chase Woodruff under center in, the, in our wishbone. So we just do what we have to do, you know, to survive. Yeah, yeah. And the first, uh, first time I got to see – uh, the offense without Grant was that Arlington game, and that's that's another tough game that you guys were able to pull yeah. out at the end. Um, what can you say? Is it all? Is it basically for you based on feel? Because you like you said, you have a handful of guys that can play the position, but it seems everyone kind of has their own situation. I know Chase got most of the work at quarterback in that game once he got rolling, but is it kind of a feel thing, or how exactly have you approached that? Yeah, sort of a feel thing. We just felt Arlington, you know, we, you know, they've got some really good defensive backs, and 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 yeah, I mean, they're they're good too. They got they're physical up front, and we just sort of got into it, um, thinking, you know, we hardly had the ball. Uh, we threw a couple passes early, wasn't real successful at it, and, and we we got in our bone and were able to move the ball and Swisher and Braxton, and and it's one of those deals where we didn't we just didn't throw. I mean, I think we threw it three times the whole game and, and maybe completed one for minus two yards. But we just felt in that situation, we were better off, you know, pounding it out and running it. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been in games where we've thrown it 35, 40 times with the Aldridge twins and, and in the past and was all spread and ran it maybe twice. And, you know, here lately, I think our teams, you always want to be balanced, but, you know, sometimes even in 18, uh, you know, we got in the bone and just ran it and maybe threw it once or twice. And I think if you can do that and keep the other team off the, you know, off the field um, and have success with it, I, I think our kids felt comfortable in that. We just felt comfortable with the Arlington game, the way they were, you know, moving the ball in their offense and, and, um, and it, it seemed to work for us. But Arlington's another, man, tremendous team. We've got, we've got some good teams in our conference. 
This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris talking with Macomb head football coach Chris Algie. And you mentioned those skill guys that are all really good players. I mean, just just to name a few, you got Andrew Swisher, Braxton Aldhauser, Cam Glauser as well. What can you tell us about what those guys are able to give to you? Because as you alluded to, not a very deep roster in terms of total numbers. So they're guys that are, you know, they basically never come off the field. Yeah, I mean, they're on the whole time. Um, you know, Glossers are returning, and he's fast, and Braxton's fast. And Swisher, you know, they were all three of those guys were on our 4 by one that went to state last year in the 4 by 2 team with Kayvon Bailey. So um, they can all run. Um, you know, they, they, they know they can't come off the field, and, and they've got to play defensive back for us and, or outside linebacker. Uh, another good one is uh, – you know, we added that group is Brad Meals. He's a sophomore. Yeah. And uh, also Montana Pierce is a returning senior inside backer. Then, you know, uh, Grubb is, you know, he's a defensive end that uh, we've been working him at guard, even though he's 150 pounds, but uh, for a backup guard. So that's that's what we're sort of dealing with here. Our backup roles is, is uh, you know, moving people. Because actually Thane was our backup center. You know, he we moved him from center to tackle. And when he got hurt, um you know, we had to find a new backup center in case our center goes down. So it's, it's, it's tough. You know, we don't have, I know we play Liberty this week and they've got, you know, 65, you know, kids out there, or I don't know, a lot of kids and they got a lot of numbers to choose from. And we're sort of dealt with who we have and you got to plug people in. And, and that's where the nice thing about our team is they're so unselfish. If, if they need to play, like Grubby, he was a you know running back when he was a freshman. He said, "Hey, if you need me at guard, I'll play guard." You know, and and we've got kids that are willing to do things that maybe they don't really want to, but they'll do them for the team. And you mentioned with how good some of these other teams in the BVC are. You mentioned Arlington, PG, and Liberty Benton, who you played this week. But I know you still got to get through this week. But you do have a pretty loaded Division Seven Region Twenty Six once again. Teams like LCC, yeah. Antwerp, Waynesfield, Goshen. I know, again, you got to get through this week, but once you do get into the postseason, what can you say about the other teams you're going to probably need to face at some time or another? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we get through Friday night and, and a lot can happen, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure who will get week one, but uh, like you said, LCC's in there. Pandora, we may end up playing Pandora week two or, or in Arlington week two. And, and um, you know, you always hate to have to play that, that team in your conference is nice in the playoffs where you, you play teams that you haven't seen before. And, and I know, uh, you know, but it, it's probably going to happen and it could happen week two with, with a common opponent. Um, you know, Lipstick's a really good team. I don't know if they're even going to get in. I mean, they, the record doesn't show up, but they're a pretty good football team too. But Antwerp is really making noise. I know they, they were real successful at basketball last year and was in the final four and they, they've got, uh, some real good athletes and LCC, you know about them, and and uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, Region 26 is 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 going to be loaded, I think. With uh, and you add Arlington in there, who you know it's hard to stop their run game with Griggs, and and they're they're very physical, and you know Pandora with uh, Bull running the ball, so so it's a tough tough region. Talking with Macomb head football coach Chris Algie here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers. Studios taking a look at Friday. You take on Liberty Benson, a team, of course, you know very well playing them year in, year out. What are some of the things you've seen from them in film and getting ready for Friday? Uh, just, you know, the Garlock twins and uh, receivers, and, and they spread the field well. And, and 
you know, Garlock just runs that offense uh, so good. I mean, he does. He spreads them out, and they're throwing it, you know, averaging almost, I don't know, 300 yards a game passing or close to it. And, you know, they get their running game going a little bit now, too, with, with uh, you know, I think it's mod. They play back yeah. there now with, with Fultz being out. And, uh, you know, they're just hard to defend because you got to go from sideline to sideline, and then they, they stretch it vertically as well. Um, but they're so good at the screens and, uh, it'll be a big challenge. And, uh, you know, the other thing is they're, they're big up front. I mean, they have, they have big alignment. I mean, they're bigger than us. And like they've got 270, 255, 260. Um, so they're, they're very physical and, and, um, you know, luckily we, we play them at home. That's, that's one good thing, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a huge challenge for our kids, um, to be able to, you know, defend them and, and then, you know, turn around on offense and, and they've got quite a few guys, I think that might go, you know, um, just one side on the ball, but, uh, you know, it, it should be a really good atmosphere. And, and, you know, we, we have a share of the title right now. I think it's the 20th that we had overall at Macomb and, and, um, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, get one outright and, 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 uh, so it, it's going to be a great game. And you already mentioned it, but a lot of people already know about the Garlock brothers with Cam and Lincoln and what they can do. But you, you mentioned some of those guys on the outside and freshman Seth Elkert. He's he's stepped in pretty well uh, as a freshman, and I know he got hurt in the in the Pandora Gaboa game. So I don't know if he's ready or not. But he's another guy that he can be he can be very yeah. productive on the outside. Well, and he's six three too. Six yeah, two six three. He's a big kid. It's yeah. not like a freshman that's. You know, five nine, one ten. You know, yeah. he's he's 180 pounds, and his brother's a, a good uh, linebacker. And then you had uh, Doolittle in there, who's uh, you know, I remember him from track and a hurdler, and and he runs good routes. And you know, they got a lot of guys that can catch the ball, and and um, you know, they got other guys that can run it too. And then you know, the thing with Cam is he does well uh, running the ball, also scrambling. You know, he does a, a nice job like Griggs does. Uh, scramble and finding people open. If they're not, he just takes off and, and uh, makes plays. So it, it, it's going to be hard to defend them, and, and but we're going to we're going to come out as hard as we can. It's like a playoff game to us. Um, it should be a great atmosphere and a lot of people, you know, at the game and and um, you know, kids should be ready to play. I've I've seen enough of Liberty Benton this year to know that. There are times when even when you think you've got everything covered, you've got you oh, know yeah. the, you've got the pass rush coming in. Cam finds a way to get the ball to Lincoln. It's just it's just it's I don't know if it's twin telepathy or just goes back to there. There are times when they make plays out of complete nothing. So if, hopefully you guys can limit those happening on Friday. But you mentioned being at home in the atmosphere. What exactly should fans expect to see in that matchup on Friday? Well, I think it's it's just going to be a, a you know great game and and um, like I said we got to try to control the ball a little bit and that's hard to do because they've got a good defense as well and um, you know Panthers always play hard that's one thing we're going to do we we never quit uh, no matter the score you saw that Pandora and saw that in Arlington and in and, and years past where you know even if a team has us we're not going to give up we're not going to quit no matter what the score we're going to play hard um, you know we're going to try to be physical. I think we're a pretty physical team this year and, and, uh, you know, we're not going to back down from anybody regardless of what happens. So, uh, you know, we're excited for the opportunity to, to see what we have against a very, very strong, you know, Liberty Benton team who keeps getting better and better each week. 
This has been Macomb head football coach Chris Algie. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against LB. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate having me, Lance. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We'll be back shortly with more here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on Classic It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. Grit. The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner and I am the owner of Grit. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at Grit encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health, for yourself, your family, and your future. Grit is located behind Ace Hardware and Body Works 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, G-R-I-T-T dot training at gmail.com. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations, Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Back we are here on this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Cotman here with you. Big thanks again, Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield, along with the comeback and awful announcing to Jock Ohio State football. Stephen Adams, Finley High School's head football coach and Macomb head football coach, Chris Algie for joining us on the show tonight. If you missed any part of our show today or just want to hear it again, head over to WFB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our interviews and shows from past seasons as well. We are not physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can Pick up from the carryout window, dine-in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Those daily specials, though, are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. You can also find them online at Frickers.com. We already talked uh, on the front end about the Guardians, so we can move forward and talk a little bit about the NFL. And let's uh, let's really just look ahead to next week's games because there's, there's some good matchups. Another lame, though, Thursday night game after how these teams have started with the Saints Cardinals, but it could end up being interesting because they do have some nice players on the offensive side. And I think DeAndre Hopkins might be coming back this week as well, if I'm remembering his suspension correctly. 
On a Sunday, we have Falcons, Bengals, Browns versus Ravens, Jets versus Broncos, the Chiefs versus Niners, a matchup of uh, the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, Steelers, Dolphins with the probable, now possible return of Tua, Lions versus Cowboys, Seahawks, Chargers, Monday, Bears against the Patriots. What are uh, what are you looking forward to this week? When uh, of course you got to keep in mind uh, some good teams are on buys with the Bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles all on a buy. Uh, to answer that question, what games am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to next Sunday, not this coming up Sunday. <laughs> These are some rough games this week. Uh, probably Chiefs 49ers. I think that's going to be a good matchup game. I, I think that both those teams pair pretty well against each other right now. And the way that they've been playing, that Jer- Jimmy Garoppolo just continues to somehow be a winning quarterback. Just makes no blessed sense half the time. But uh, looking forward to that one. I'm oddly looking forward to the Thursday night football game because of DeAndre Hopkins coming back. I think it could actually be the first good, physically watchable Thursday night football game this year. And then uh, obviously, you know, local teams, definitely curious to see what Detroit's going to do, see if they can get a little bit of momentum going their way, see if Cleveland doesn't completely self-destruct in the game against um, all pro running back Lamar Jackson. And uh, frankly, just to see if some of these teams that got like surprise loss this past weekend can can get back on top. I mean, obviously one that comes to mind, Tampa Bay against Carolina, that should be an easy win on paper, but Carolina always gives Tampa Bay a run for their money. And Tampa Bay did just drop a game to Pittsburgh because they they're looking kind of rough right now. So We'll see. It's one of those I'll probably be bouncing around between a few different games and kind of give the same ugly grimace face to every game as I flip to that particular channel. But it's, uh, I'm definitely thinking Chiefs 49ers and probably that uh, Cardinals game on Thursday night would be the ones that I'm paying the most attention to. Switching gears briefly to the NBA. They are getting started. Had the first two games of the season last night. Celtics beat the Sixers 126-117. to the Warriors beat the Lakers 123 to 109, and pretty much the rest of the league will get kicking off tonight, including the New Look Cavs against the Raptors. We will join them pretty much right around tip off when they tip off north of the border in Toronto. The Suns pick up against the team that uh, knocked them out of the playoffs last year when they face Dallas. The Magic will play the Pistons up in Detroit. The Pelicans take on the Nets. The Bulls play the Heat. So a handful of good uh, NBA games on uh, tap for tonight. But who are who are your favorites in the in the NBA this season to, if not if not take home the title to at least uh, contend? Well, absolutely the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're just a team of that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I can't bring myself to say that. Unnecessary shot um, at Sa- Sacramento. Is it though? They're always like one of these chic teams to pick. And then by the 20th game, they fired their head coach. They're talking about going in a new direction and have traded away most of their good players. It's just, it's like clockwork with them. Um, To be candid, I'm looking at in the West. I really think it's golden States to lose in the Western conference between them and Phoenix. I do like Dallas as well. Um, really depends on how much of a leap the rest of the supporting cast around Luca actually takes. Um, I know some people are kind of high on New Orleans for this season. I'm not one of them. Same thing with Memphis. And I, I think the New York, the new look jazz are going to be pretty rough this year. 
I'll tell you who my sleeper is, and they're not really a sleeper because they've been good for the past few years. I actually am really thinking this could be the year for Portland to actually break through in the West because everyone else seems to be in a little bit of limbo without doing it. And Portland is, they still got Damian Lillard. You have Damian Lillard on your team. You immediately have a chance um, in the East. I think it's down to two teams and I'm floored that I'm saying this in an era without LeBron James. I think it's between Boston and Cleveland. I really do. I, I think the moves Cleveland made this off season, some of the players that they brought in the trade to get Donovan Mitchell, some of the contracts that they re-upped with the people that they built around this program of having a central core of Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and now Donovan Mitchell. I, I think you could put that against any other team's top five in the Eastern Conference, and they, they have a good shot. So I think it's going to be between those two. It wouldn't surprise me if Philly makes a run or Milwaukee makes a run again. I think they're two very good teams, but I think when it's all said and done, I, I kind of get the feeling this could be either Boston or Cleveland coming out of the East. So I'm going to say one of the weirdest rematches for an NBA final in league history, a LeBron James-less Cleveland Cavaliers versus a Kevin Durant-less Golden State Warriors in the NBA finals this year. I don't know what's about to do it for us tonight. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield to talk Ohio State football. Devin Adams, Finley High School's head football coach, and McComb head football coach, Chris Algie, for joining us on the show today. Don't miss our coverage of high school football on Friday night. On WFOB, we'll find out who will win the SBC River when Gibsonburg takes on Hopewell Loudon. On Classic Hits, we'll see if McComb will outright win the BVC or share it with Liberty Benton and Arlington when McComb hosts Liberty Benton. Stay tuned in on WFOB for coverage of the Cleveland Cavaliers as they open up the season on the road against the Toronto Raptors. From my broadcast partner, Matt Cobb, and this is Lance Moore signing off from the Frickers Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. We'll talk to you guys on Friday from McComb for our coverage of Liberty Benton and McComb for the final matchup of the regular season in high school football. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.